Hello and welcome to the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast. You're here with Tim and Matt. And mate, we have such a special one today. I am absolutely pumped. Mate, I am too. And it's uh, so good to be here again for another week. But yeah, today is an absolute ripper of a uh, episode. And I guess just to put a little like, um, I guess, precursor out there, today's episode probably is a little bit more aimed towards the old uh, vendors in the house. Um, you know, it's it's a little less towards, um, I guess, our couples. Not that it doesn't serve our couples well, but it's more about how we can serve our couples better um, into the future. So yeah, um, yeah and it's, it's a bloody exciting one. Yeah, I, I think it's important for couples to realize like there's, there's things that, you know, we can do within our business to make sure that we show up more, to make sure that we can provide more value. And the work that we do, it's it's pretty strenuous. Why? Like we, sh- we shoot a lot of weddings, like our editing, the admin, all these other procedural tasks, they, they do mount up. And you know, burnout is pretty common in the creative world. It's it's actually really common um, for photographers, for videographers. Like we, we've got a lot of uh, vendor friends that have like, really hit that ceiling. Um, and for me, I I hit that as well. Um, maybe one day we'll we'll dive into that. Um, but yeah. what what it really has allowed is to really be the catalyst for change. Um, and this is why I'm really, really, really excited to get this guy on. Um, and I won't give his his name so, away just yet. <laughs> um, you're gonna you're gonna tease us. You're gonna tease yeah, us a little just, bit because uh, tease you a little it's, bit. it's a. It's a big dog in the industry, let's just say that. And uh, yeah, look, we are definitely keen to uh, have him on because I suppose as well, like the other thing is, it's like no matter whether you're a photographer, a videographer, a celebrant, a florist, a muso, whoever it is, this episode is going to be great for you to be able to listen to because it's one of those things that I suppose um, everyone needs to potentially implement some of this stuff into their business. And it's something that I've definitely been thinking about implementing and um, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about today um, for sure. And I guess... Um, you know, we've been, we've said this a lot towards the end of our episodes, Tim, and I just want to throw it out there early before we dive in and talk to this legendary human. Um, you know, if you've been listening to our episodes and you've been loving what you're hearing, um, we would love to hear from you guys. So please jump on wherever you're listening to the podcast, you know, um, if it's Apple or if it's Spotify, wherever that is, um, you know, leave us a bit of a review. We would love to hear from you. We've got a couple up there, um, and we're always looking for a few more people to, yeah, give us their feedback and let us know what, uh, you think about the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast. Yeah. Are we, are we doing all right? Are we, are we hitting, are we hitting the ceiling? Are we good? Um, is there any, any advice you can offer? Anything you want us to touch on? I suppose for us, it, like, we just want to provide a lot of value to the industry that's treated us so well, um. We want to, you know, sh- like showcase, you know, what we do differently. And, you know, we've we've been in this position for, for a couple of years, Matt. Um, and we think we've got a bit to say. We think there's a bit of value that we can offer, like not just our couples to have an amazing day um, and to plan a wedding that's perfect and unique for them, but also for the for the creative professionals and, and the vendors that are our friends are um, absolute legends in the industry and we understand like it's it's not an easy business to run it, and it's it's a 24/7 business um, but it's something that we have such a passion for um, and this re- really leads us into our guest today and it's it's Mr. Rick Liston the man himself the uh, the owner of wedding workflows um if you haven't checked out this guy, you haven't seen what he's been doing, not only in the wedding photography world, but also, yeah, in this wedding workflows world, um, make sure you do. But uh, today is a good intro into the man himself yeah. and 
you know, just, I guess, the level of care and excitement that he has around, you know, um, his business and the way that he services his couples, but then also services other people in the wedding industry, which, as Tim said, that's kind of where we're at. We're at this stage where we love to serve people and both sides of the fence um, in the wedding industry. And uh, we're definitely excited to uh, get him on and have a chat today. So, uh, yeah, let's dive straight into it, hey? Let's open the floor. Hello and welcome to the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast, where we believe all weddings can be epic in their own right and uniquely you. We're your hosts, Tim and Matt, a photographer and videographer in the industry. Tune in as we dive deep and unpack all things weddings, how to make it fun, stress-free, and provide other creatives in the industry tips and tricks to raise the standard when it comes to planning the perfect wedding. Hello and welcome to the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast. Matt, how are you, mate? G'day, Tim. How you doing, mate? We're uh, back again. Man, I'm bloody excited for today. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Today is one of those days where we've got a really, really special guest on and we won't wait any longer. Let's, let's bring him in. We have Mr. Rick Liston. Mate, how are you? Very, very well, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, for some reason, I had this tendency, not that I've set it up before, but at that very introduction. I was like, I wish I had that do 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 sound effect to to play for myself. <laughs> oh, we really need mate. to add sound effects in. That'd be awesome. Imagine how good that'd be. <laughs> we should. We should. And, and what would your reaction if I had brought my own and, and not told you prior? Oh man, I'd, um, I'd, did I'd, he just play his own sound effect? <laughs> That's when you know you've made it when you've got your own sound yeah. effect board that follows you around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, would have freaked me out. Would have freaked me out. Oh, <laughs> Studio audience applause uh, after everything <laughs> I say. Well, a bit of a drum roll. Rick Liston, mate, you are one of the big dogs in the industry. And um, we we met a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago now at the Lonely Hearts Film Camp. And I was presently, pleasantly surprised, mate, with, you know, our interaction, your chat. And, um, you know, you have a, a very successful photography business. Um, you're down in Melbourne. But... Mate, how about you give us a little bit of uh, information about yourself? Who is Rick Liston? What do you do? Oh, you pretty much summed it all up there, Tim. Uh, attended a film camp and um, our Emma wedding photographer. So, well, um, here we are. Much more to it than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for coming. Indeed. Yeah. No, man. Um, don't want to bore anyone with the uh, the life story, but I guess the the important things to to note are that. Um, I'm a dad first, um, dad, husband, um, and then business afterwards. So um, my sole purpose in life is to look after myself, my wife, my daughter, um, and the photography business is is there as a means to an end. I'm also someone who is tenacious about how I spend my finite time on this planet, um, and that all tends to uh, flow into the, the systems I create, workflows, outsourcing, automation, uh, the way I operate, um, all that jazz. So yeah, uh, yeah, love it. Uh, gives you a bit of an idea of, of uh, the angle that I'm coming from, yeah. and I'm aware that that will not be everyone else's angle as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's great. I suppose you're you're an interesting character for sure. So you do have a successful photography business, and we're gonna um, have a little bit of chat, I suppose, later on about you know your other venture that you got going on. Uh, but first, let's let's um, find out a little bit about Rick Liston. We're gonna we're gonna roll off some uh, some Q and A, mate. Some some fast action, some quick fire Q and A. Uh, and first one, favorite movie. Um, okay, jeez, uh, that is a good one. God, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels comes to mind um, <laughs> straight away. 
I just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I've just got one of my best mates that I always travelled with. We would, uh, yeah, we just cracks us up, man. Um, and then, God, um, by Oliver Stone, I can love a Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, but, I'm uh, watching yeah, them at the I'm moment. Sick of the scoundrels, man. I'm watching. Well, the- I'm reading. So I'm reading. I'm reading the books to my daughter. So we're going through back through them again, which is probably why I've uh, why I've said it. Um, <laughs> but started with the Hobbit and then going through uh, going through Lord of the Rings now. That's as well. awesome. And she's, I forget. I love watching the movies, man. And it makes me realize just how much she's paying attention when I'm reading because she's quoting before they're even coming up in the uh, before they're even saying it on screen. And so like the book retention. Anyway. Massive sidetrack. That's um, so good. We've been watching, me and my wife have been watching them lately. We started from Hobbit and worked our way through and it's a bloody good, uh, they're bloody good series. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> let's move on. So uh, coffee after five, yes or no? Hell no. Cannot do it. Man. <laughs> um, I said 5am because that's about the time when I had that, uh, that first one. But um, no, coffee after 10am, I reckon, is a struggle for me. Really? Yeah, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As I sit here and just uh, had my last sip of my coffee. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> and mate, what, are, what word do you have trouble pronouncing? Um, well, my wife is Spanish, so it's, uh, can, can I settle on what language? Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, God, uh, you know what? Mate, the biggest trouble I have pronouncing anything is actually uh, remembering names of couples when I'm doing the big group photo. Um, <laughs> if, if, so just to tie that in, and I'm sure there's going to be people out there who can, uh, yeah, I, I, I can with relate. me does on it, this. But does it come to you? The like- brain just goes so blank, man. I've got everyone's attention there, and I'm like, all right, we're all here to celebrate the wedding of bride and groom, <laughs> <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Guys. Newlyweds. <laughs> um, you guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys. Or, or I start I remember the like, you know, one of their names, and then it becomes really, you know, you can't go <laughs> Vanessa and. The groom. Oh, yeah. And that's where I lose. Yeah. I reckon in our first ever episode, I threw this uh, little, like, I threw Tim, I told Tim about, like, well, sorry, I told our audience about how I threw Tim under the bus at a wedding we did fairly early on in our, like, me and Tim's friendship, I guess. Um, and I was like, I remember saying, like, Tim was like, we're about to walk into the groom prep. And Tim's like, oh, his name's like Adrian, isn't it? I was like, no, 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 no. It's Fred. And um, <laughs> and I fully, Bust. and then Tim opens the door and goes, oh, hey, Fred, how are you? He's like, oh, my name's Adrian. Adrian <laughs> and I was like, so good. And yeah. Tim's just like losing it. And he was so angry. And it was so great. Um, yeah. yeah. I still, that was um, early on. I still, hate you. I still hate you for that one. <laughs> it was really hard to dig up, dig up from there. You basically lost him from the, from the moment you walked in. <laughs> yeah. So nothing, nothing you do. There was a good recovery. That was a good recovery. It was still probably our best wedding we've ever done. So it's fine. <laughs> Amazing. And Rick, what has been your favorite age so far? <sighs> My favorite age to live. Uh, you know what? They've all got a pretty special place in my life. Yeah, I'm so happy with the way I spent my youth, the way I spent my 20s. Um, and now my 30s, completely different approach to my 20s where I was kind of living to uh, see as many people, meet as many people, experience as much as I could without any responsibilities of life. And I feel I had a good crack at that. And then basically once I, once I was 30, um, that's when we had our daughter, which which now very different to my 20s, but uh, so much more rewarding in many ways, a lot of, very challenging in a lot of different ways. Um, in answer to your question, uh, let me say, perhaps when I was 30, because that's where the two worlds collided. I got to meet my daughter for the first time and I was also coming off the back of an absolute banging job in Shanghai um, where they got me, I got, I got to 
travel all over China, see and meet a lot of different people running uh, running businesses and, and working with a cool uh, production crew. Um, and yeah, that's I was living in Ibiza. I don't know. Yeah, thirty thirty is the one uh, is the one for me. Yeah, so many places you've that. lived. <laughs> I know. I'm just, like, I feel like we have to dive like, into that. I know. I'm like a beefer, like Shanghai. <laughs> These guys are dropping these big bombs. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And in hindsight, that was it. Yeah, that was it. There was a lot going on that year. But also, man, also one of the biggest struggles is where you go from like just living for yourself, basically, to now we had to change countries. I was illegal in uh, in Spain because I'd outstayed my my visa. Had no no income, no savings. Just trying to figure out how to be a dad. Um, so yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of shit going down that year. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I think I, I probably want to answer it in a very similar way. So I, I had my first daughter at 30 as well. And, um, that was just a life changer. Um, different perspectives. Um, you look at the world a bit differently. You look at life a bit differently. Um, and it has a flow and effect to, I suppose, every, every aspect within your life. But mate, I can't wait to, um, get into all of this, but Let's let's kind of like turn back the clock. So, why did you first become a photographer? Desperation. Um, I wasn't good at anything else. Um, so, I just can't. I don't know. I got one of those personality types, which I suspect is possibly common in our industry, where it's really difficult working for somebody else. Um, mm. <laughs> and so, I had very little kind of work experience because basically any any money I earned, I would spend it on traveling. Um, and but photography was something that I could always find a way to make income from no matter where I landed. Um, there's always people that needed photos. And, and so that's why I kind of shot everything, you know, all different kinds of stuff because you arrive in a different country, a different city, um, and they've got different requirements um, to what they need. So Ibiza might be taking underwater you know, photos, beach portraits or whatever. Shanghai, maybe it was more corporate stuff, real estate um, events. Um, and then now that I'm in the Yarra Valley, turned my hand to to wedding so it was just it was very adaptable so i, I knew i could fly into a place um and start earning money basically that week um with uh, with photography and it it also leveraged uh i think my ability to be able, be able to walk into a room of people and make them feel comfortable um which uh which yeah wedding certainly i think you need um because you can be an amazing artistic photographer but if people are feeling uncomfortable around you then uh, it's really hard to get those natural shots yeah for sure there's definitely um especially within the creative realm, there, there is, I suppose, a couple of different sides of, you know, the, the personality spectrum that we tend to fall into. Um, and it's good to have a mix of, you know, the technical side of what we do and how we use our gear and equipment, but also have a social aspect as well and understand the room, understand the people that you're talking to and just understand exactly what you're there for and how to adapt to certain situations. Um, but Mate, you have built a, a very successful photography business um, and it's something that we are all in awe of. It's something that we love and you're a systems man, you're a processes man. Um, and has that always been the case? Were you always into like building business systems? Were you always into taking control of your time and how you utilize that? Or was there, I suppose, was there something that happened within your life that got you to that point and you're like, and you're like you know what, you know, times have changed, I have to adapt. You know what? I think, um, and I probably haven't thought about this until now, but uh, the way you phrased that question, it made me realize what that connection is. And I think it is actually my dad just drilling into me from a, uh, from a kid, uh, risk and return. Um, and so, I mean, I did accounting at university, never wanted to be an accountant, but the accounting principles 
make a lot of sense to me. And risk and return is something that I do tend to factor into a lot of the decisions that uh, that I make. Um, and so that kind of does lend itself to systems and processes because when I look at um, the risk of spending time doing a task that is procedural that I could either automate or get somebody else to do versus the return I get from that, which is potentially nothing, um, then I'm like, why would I continue to do this when I can do something else? So I guess risk of return, opportunity cost, those two values right there, counting principles, but um, they've, I've always had those. So whether I'm booking uh, airline tickets or whatever, and I see that this route goes uh, a crazy different way and um, you know, it takes a lot longer, but I will always go, all right, let's, what's the hours? What's the, what's the difference in time here? Um, and what's the difference in price? And I can put that down to an hourly wage. So if I'm sitting on that, that bus or plane for whatever for another four hours and it's $1,000 difference, I'm like, well, that's $250 an hour getting paid just to just sit there. So, all right, I'll take that, uh, I'll take that different way um, and feel like I'm earning that money cash in hand, tax-free. Um, and that's something, I don't know. So it, it's always calculated stuff that way, looked at, looked at stuff that way. Um, and I think that's probably what's spilling over to my wedding photography business, just just knowing, all right, what's this task worth to me? Could I get it done a different way? How much would I pay for that? And what would I be doing with my time if I wasn't doing that? Yeah, mm. yeah, 100%. And I suppose it comes down to time as well. So I, I tend to like look at you know time as a as an incredibly valuable asset, and most of us tend to to waste it uh, rather than like use it to our advantage. And when I look at tasks, I look at you know, how much is this worth to me in terms of my time. Like, could I best use this time somewhere else? Could I best use this time to do something, whether that's like on my business or whether it's with my family or something that's going to do anything that's going to move the needle forward in terms of my life or business. Now, we spend a lot of things in our business. We spend a lot of time doing the things that we have to do, the procedural tasks and you know, sometimes the things that we love and sometimes the things that we love to hate. Um, and I think you were in a bit of a position a couple of years ago and you, you walked out and into, this, uh, into this venture. Do you want to give us a little bit of uh, insight into into this uh, venture that you started a few years ago? What's it called and, and how was it born? Um, so it's called Wedding Workflows, represent. Um, and basically during lockdown, um, when obviously wasn't shooting any weddings and I did not want to be in a position where my income, our future was tied to my physical ability to shoot weddings. Um, and also had my virtual assistant full-time. Um, obviously, they weren't, they weren't doing post-wedding processes or posting to socials or anything like that. So um, just having her there knowing, all right, we need to work on something here and I would like uh, an exit strategy from, uh, from shooting or at least, at least uh, an alternative revenue stream. Um, so like, what are we, what are we sitting on here? And the good thing about, uh, weddings is that they're pretty tip, they're pretty similar all over the world. So the headaches, the nightmares, the things that I experienced, I'm sure you guys, even in as videographers, uh, experience a lot of them, very similar problems. And if anyone's listening anywhere else in the world, when it comes to weddings and the, the whole timeline, the whole client journey, they're all pretty similar headaches that need, need solving. Um, and something that we tend to do as we shoot for year on year um, with hundreds of weddings is we learn how to do it a bit better. Um, we learn where those headaches are, how to prevent them, where those nightmares might, might occur, where the fun stuff is and how to try to make sure that's happening. 
how to get the most out of each wedding day. And so because it takes hundreds of weddings, years of experience to get to that point, to know what to put into a workflow or um, how to get a better day for a couple, it made me realize, my God, it's so much reinventing of the wheel here. How much, how can I put everything I've learned into somebody else's business in a really straightforward, streamlined way? Um, so I thought, you know what, my workflow. So the workflow that I've built on, so that's my client journey, all the emails, all the automated emails that are going out to my couple to prepare them for their wedding day which helps them, helps me. That's pretty much similar, you know, the world over, like the things that they're going through, everyone, no matter where you're getting really uh, married, you're probably going to be experiencing. Um, so we started at uh, installing those workflows into other people's accounts because um, that really is a painful process, putting together a, a long automated workflow that solves all your couple's yeah, problems. Yeah, we, know, we um, know. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the second thing to that was... Um, just looking at actually what my virtual assistant was already doing for me. And that was a, a long process as well, just building the resources, right? So, so everything that I want to get her to do um, needs an operating procedure. So something that I need to create, record, write down, step-by-step processes, that also takes a really long time to put together. But I was like, oh, but all these things, they're actually pretty applicable once again to everyone else. So why would everyone else have to start, A, find a VA, recruit them, train them, put all this stuff together because we can just have my resource hub available to the next VA to learn and train from so they can just start basically treating somebody else's wedding photography business the same way they treat mine. Um, and yeah, that's where, it, uh, that's where it began. And then I started talking about it and, and finding out that uh, it is true. My pain points are pretty similar to everyone else's and um, just offering a way to solve those pretty quickly. Um, there's realize there's a good market there for it yeah and i suppose um like matt and i like we obviously have our own individual businesses we shoot what a, a fair few weddings um just we, a couple we do yeah just a just a couple um <laughs> I'd, I'd say we probably shoot above average um compared compared to the market but just as a bit of disclosure how many weddings are you shooting per year um, so I had been shooting over a hundred a year, um, but Which is crazy. now transitioning <laughs> to, uh, an associate shooting model. So November's, yeah. uh, my last wedding that I'll be shooting myself. Um, but, and I feel like everyone, everyone here should be thinking about what that exit strategy, um, should be because there's not too many, you know, 40, 50 year old, uh, I don't know how old you are, how old you are, Tim, but, uh, I, there's, there's as, you, as you're getting towards that, yeah. <laughs> as, as, as you're getting towards that uh, that age, you certainly want to be looking. All right, what what am I doing? And the good thing about systematizing your your business is that um, it does mean you can get somebody else to to come in. It's just it's just a good practice to get in in the into the hang of because then basically, if shooting the day is the last thing that you can remove yourself from, um, then then you're pretty free. You're pretty free to go and and pursue whatever else you want to pursue. But uh, but that income stream is no longer reliant on you being there um, ready to shoot. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the last thing that I guess I've, I've found a way to replicate. So I'm curious because I've, I've, like for me personally, I, uh, I get a lot of inquiries and, uh, you know, I've definitely, especially in the past probably a couple of months, I've definitely been offering an associate shooter or lead photographer, whatever you want to do, to go in place of me when I'm booked. So how did that, like, are you still running it under Rick Liston or are you running it under a new company? How are you structuring that and how has that gone down with 
your couples? Um, so I've added the and co uh, to the end of uh, to the end of my name, but I mean, I thought, God, you know, I've just got so much so much mileage basically with the Rick Liston name in my region. I'm someone that uh, they're passionate about staying local, um, and so all the good SEO, a lot of Google reviews. Um, References, uh, same, same position as you then, Matt. I've got no problem getting leads in. Um, so I thought uh, I'll just change it on my website to Rickliston & Co and then have the team like clearly just talking now about it and us. And then from the moment they inquire, um, they're getting an email back letting them know, um, whilst I'm not available, here's my associate photographer and here's why booking that associate shooter is awesome. Not only are you going to save money, but you're going to get basically the next best thing to me. So if you if you love my work and you love everything that uh, you've heard about me, this is the next best thing. Plus, with the savings you're making on getting an associate shooter, that goes a long way to getting something you might be on the fence about, such as videography, photo booth, whatever it is. And so free phrasing it in, in that way that, okay, they're getting, they're getting the, the experience that everyone's raved about um they're getting the training that uh, has come from me so if it's the shots that they love the my experience there the the next best person really is the person that i've trained um and then uh and then obviously discount on the price and you know what they can always say no but the good thing is when they say yes it's not it's not a scenario where you've booked them as you and then later you're switching them to another shooter mm. when they book and sign on they understand it's somebody else and so yeah you've educated them a little bit I typically find there's a lot less red flags with a person who's happy to come on board with a with an associate shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the good thing is, like once you, even if you're just a, like anyone listening, if you're just thinking about doing it, man, just just put a an email response together and just send it out there. Next time you're booked and you're not unavailable, just see what they say. Just say, hey, I've got an associate shooter, because um, I'm sure you'll have people that have come along with you before or trained with you before. But even if you don't. And you don't have to take this booking on, but just say, and as soon as you get a positive yes from somebody saying, oh, that sounds great, um, I'd love to go ahead, then it's a really good indication to you that this is something you might want to, uh, want to consider um, because if you've spent a long time building your business, that's all, that's all, all that knowledge, man, all that, all that experience, it's all reliant on your ability to be available on that one particular day. But as soon as you do this and you start taking those associates on, um, it teaches you a hell of a lot of things about systematizing your business. Um, and God, that's probably, is, is it systema, systematize? That's okay. Systemize? Systemize? It might be systemized. Systemize. Oh, no, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm, I'm all about the wrong, like the wrong English words. I speak good England all the time, so that's okay. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> but I love that because that's literally like what you just said, man, that's literally what I've been doing in the past couple of months. Like I do have one or two photographers that I've been working with and, um, you know, I wouldn't say training them purposely for this reason, but I was kind of like, well, if I get something, most people are booking us, you know, a year to two years in advance up, you know, up to two years in advance, some people, you know, so there is time on our side to be able to train them, you know, and for like, for me personally, I know I'm shooting at a lot of weddings and I can offer them X amount of weddings to come to and to start training them from tomorrow, really, if I wanted to. So I kind of did the same thing and I was like, well, if it works, why would I not try and do that? So um, yeah, it's just interesting to hear the way you're doing it. And uh, yeah, it's nice yeah. to just chat about Why it. Why would you know? I love the idea. Can I make a recommendation, Matt? Sorry, sorry, too. Oh, just before. So uh, on the training, each each videographer, if you put like a little course together, this is what I started doing just because I thought, all right, if it works for one associate, it's going to work for more. Like I, I don't want my, I don't want to be getting leads for days that I, I can't handle because I don't have enough associates. But if you put it into a, uh, basically a, a course where you've got your structure of, of what I expect from the day, your general stuff, whether it applies to you know, all venues, basically. 
and then I have a, a venue breakdown. So this is how I shoot this venue. This is what to do um, if it's raining. This is what to do if it's super sunny. This is what to do if there's a massive bridal party. So basically, they're not in that position where they're stuck and they're like, okay, it's raining. Where do I do the family photos now? Not that you guys have to do that. But um, so I, I have a general, uh, my expectation kind of section of the course. And then I have a breakdown of, of each venue so that um, when I'm making it for one person, it just means I'm making it for anyone else. So I don't have to go through the whole training process again and again and again for each, each new uh photographer that comes on board they've they've got it all there i love um, that which is always so yeah, good what i recommend doing basically anything you do i'm opening up notes on my i'm opening up a notepad on my page on my computer i'm just going to start typing some of these out i feel like as a i suppose as a photographer so like matt and rick like you're in you're in that realm and potentially it might be a little bit a little bit easier like excuse the maybe the ignorance coming from a, a videographer here, but like I get a lot of inquiries and I tend to turn a lot down. Um, and you know, it's looking towards like that end game. Like what does it, what, what does it actually mean? I don't, I don't really want to be a 40 year old videographer like partying with a bunch of 25 and 30 year olds. Um, don't want to be that guy, but in terms of like a videographer and, you know, typically I would get like a second shooter to come on um, and shoot with me during times um, where, where it's needed. But I've just struggled to find those, those people that are like willing to like learn and stay. Um, do, you, do you have any advice in, in terms of that aspect? Um, mate, I would say videography is where it's at. I would, I would argue it's much easier. I think there is no shortage of incredibly professional quality videographers out there because because you guys reach burnout a lot faster than we do as photographers with the with the edits right so no shortage of videographers who i would say have hit their quota of weddings they want to take on basically weddings that they they want to edit like they don't want to take any more of those on so then they're looking at all right how am i getting more money in all right i've got to shoot for somebody else where i can just go in shoot for a day and walk out cash in hand good to good to go without any of the uh, the backlog of, of edits um so yeah I, I mean because because photography is kind of easier to to take on more weddings there's probably less likelihood of finding uh good quality associate shooters who are happy to do that but videographers i'd say you if you'd like somebody else's um you know style like just just throw it out there hey, man, you'd be interested yeah. in, in yeah, associate sure. shooting um because so yeah i think Makes makes a lot of sense with the editing backlogs. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put a call out if there's any uh, videographers there that are looking to uh, <laughs> associate shit from me. Give me a give me a buzz. I'll be uh, more than happy to have a chat. Um, but mate, it's like it's it's really interesting in this fact, and I probably just want to say like full disclosure. I am a client of Wedding Workflows. Have been for oh wow, six six seven eight months now. Um, and. I looked at a VA after a couple of failed attempts, um, like looking for one on my own, um, because I did hit that limit. I, I hit that limit of, you know, I've got all this editing to do, uh, the admin tasks don't stop every aspect of the business with like sales and marketing and making sure I build my brand and present it the way that I want it to present it. And I just found systemizing things um, to be like incredibly, incredibly helpful. Um, and it gave me time back within my week. And I can say after six months um, of being a client and, and working with Trisha, my VA, shout out. Uh, she'll probably listen to this one too. Um, she's been an absolute lifesaver. Um, and I can't even begin to explain the amount of time I have back in my week 
to do the things that are actually moving the needle forward. It's given me time to spend a day a week like with my family, hanging out with my girls, just doing things that a, that a dad should do and not typically just stressing about, okay, like what should I do in the business today? Or like my backlogs, 20, like 20 weddings deep. Um, and it's provided structure and it's provided freedom. Um, and this is something that Matt and I have a chat about quite a fair bit because I feel Matt, Matt definitely does need a VA. He could definitely use it, use one. Um, he could definitely use some, some systemizing um, and some structure with his business. And I think from someone that has, you know, I, I'm nowhere near where I, where I want to be, um, but I have built that structure and freedom within my business to make some decisions that I want to make for the, for the benefit of the business. Um, but Matt, I can I can see where the where the benefits are made, and um, it's pretty interesting. There's two contrasting like views on this. Um, we Matt, probably I'm talk gonna... about this like we I reckon we talk about this at least once a week, if not more, about like yeah. You know, um, and <laughs> Tim's just mate, like a VA Tim's help this. <laughs> Tim Tim's like rubbing his little Buddha belly over there, being so happy with himself about like you know um, where he's at with it. And and for, to be completely honest, like I'm, it's not that I uh, am against it whatsoever, and it's. It's nothing to do with that. It's more the fact that um, at the moment for me, um, I'm shooting a lot of weddings. I'm shooting, I think last year I shot well over 100 and this year I'm pretty close to 100. Um, and it's just one of those things where I'm like, at the moment, I don't have the mental capacity to, uh, I guess, just add that in and just start to think about, you know, setting up processes and setting up some of that stuff to, I guess, cr make sure that the VA is working for me well. Um, it's not that I'm not keen on it. It's more that it's just like, at the moment, my brain is just like... Pfft. Um, with all the things that I'm currently doing, um, throwing a, you know, newborn baby that's, uh, you know, and also throwing in this podcast, it's, it's a lot going on. <laughs> um, well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Matt, on, on, uh, I guess the, the biggest barrier to starting, um, is that it, it does, it does take time to invest to, to start it up. So, um, I think it's a misconception to think that if you would get a, a virtual assistant on board that immediately um, your life's a lot easier because um, it does take a lot of effort to get what's into your head into somebody else's. Um, and we try to help you with that, with obviously recognizing what some of those easier, most procedural processes are um, as opposed to say, all right, I want someone to be able to answer all my emails. I mean, <laughs> somebody hasn't been in your shoes operating in your business for, you know, the years that you have and has the knowledge that you have. But, um, probably when it comes to, um, you know, you finished a, a wedding and you need to make a, a slideshow or a blog, and you need to make a highlight story, you need to make a carousel, you want to make a reel. I'm sure there's, that's a pretty procedural process. So, um, that's like somewhere that I would definitely start straight away. Um, just so that when you, when you've got it, you know, it's going out to the couples, to the vendors. It's going. You're getting blogs made. All the all this all, all the stuff. Like none of that really does require your time. Um, but as you said, hard to find the uh, the time to actually put into training someone. So that's why I think we we offer. Um, and obviously not coming on here to sell, but uh, but we recognize that. So we try to make that as painless as possible by having. Hey, this is how we do it. So you can basically fit straight into my system, but uh, the way I do it, if that's something that you're, you're happy with. Um, but you obviously have your own, your own ways of doing things and, and it will require you reviewing a process of somebody else doing it for you and then you give them that feedback, whether it's a, a video, an email, a note or whatever, um, let them know, hey, I see what you did here. Um, I know I mentioned that, but in this scenario, we might actually do it this way um, and then give them, let them go a few times until you're like, okay, yeah, we've finally nailed this. 
So, look, man, winter's a good time um, to, to get into it because I'm sure you've got a bit of a, a natural lull there um, of, of work. Um, but once you've got a VA doing these procedural things that, that you know they are capable of doing and that you do not want to spend your freaking one precious life on this planet wasting doing that, then, then it's, it really is, as Tim said, a beautiful, uh, beautiful feeling. And there's nothing like, I don't know if you, Tim, ever have to go back, like if Trish is, uh, I don't know, sick or something, if you ever have to do one of those tasks yourself, just like, oh my god, this is so incredibly painful. <laughs> um, it makes you very aware of just how appreciative you are of having somebody on board uh, helping through helping you through those things. I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've put a blog on my website. I had a look the other day because I was like, that's the. I feel like at the moment I'm like, yeah, the edits are fine. They're always out on time. That's not a problem. But and all the other kind of bits and pieces. But probably the website stuff and the like blogging stuff is lacking. I had a look. I've blogged four weddings out of my 138 weddings I shot last year, and I haven't blogged one wedding this year at all. And I think I've already shot like 35. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's one of those things where it's like that's probably I've been talking about that uh, for a little while and. Um, you know, when we get to it, that's probably the first thing, as you said, that's probably the best yeah. way to start. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> well, now, well, it sounds, even if it's just like, okay, uh, how do you blog a wedding? So, and then you get them to go through and do that backlog of, of all those blogs. Um, but when you get a VA starting to work and starting to basically get you the maximum amount of exposure that you can get on a wedding. So it's going all the places it possibly can into all the hands in front of all the eyeballs it possibly can. That's when you just really starts snowballing and, and then Matt Ashton becomes incredibly difficult to beat. Um, and you're looking ahead at sustainable leads, you know, for the, as long as you want to operate. And that's when you're like, all right, now that that's all rolling and I know every wedding it's going out in front of everyone. Um, now let's take on these associate shooters, right? Let's just see how many of these, these we can, we can muster. Um, it just, it just becomes really com difficult to compete against somebody who's got someone working with them, getting that, uh, that footage, those photos into as many hands and in front of as many eyes as, uh, as, as is possible. Yeah, Amazing. definitely. And it's, it's, it's something that where the baseline, it just keeps shifting. It's like new things. And I didn't, I didn't start with blogs and typically I don't think many videographers actually like blog at all. Um, but I realized by blogging, like it improves my SEO, it improves, you know, my potential like on brand image, it improves everything within my business. That's going to help move the needle forward. It's going to allow me to shoot at the places that I want to shoot at. It allows me to build relationships and net, network with vendors as well. Um, there's, there's just so many aspects and Rick, mate, there's as filmmakers and photographers, we have so many hats to wear. So, so many, I can't even <laughs> begin to name them all. There's accountant, producer, videographer, photographer, bookkeeper, media manager, sound engineer, editor, creative designer, graphic designer, content producer, social media manager, marketing manager, um, colorist, business strategist, like this, the list goes on. But father. There's so <laughs> father. Yep. That's a pretty big one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was something that you mentioned at camp and it was, you called it superhero syndrome. Um, can you explain to us a little bit about what it is and why it's important as a creative that we do recognize this? Well, it's basically uh, something that applies to, I think, all of us. They're like For us to be wedding photographers, videographers, wedding professionals, we uh, tend to be really great at, you know, working 14-hour days, seven days a week. Um, are we uh, incredible at kind of wearing all those hats that you just described? Um, and we're really good at making, uh, basically keeping up appearances like everything is totally fine. Um, and so that is like the superhero syndrome. And then a couple of the symptoms are 
that anytime you feel like you can do a task um, without paying somebody else for it, you, you, will, uh, you, will, you will try to teach yourself how to do it. Um, so if you're looking at, all right, here's something I've never done before, I'll try to learn how to do it rather than find someone to actually do it for me. Um, basically saving money wherever you possibly can. And <laughs> it means that if you are successful, um, that you are really quickly going to end up in a position where you're either going to break down or you've got to change, right? So that change is going to be, all right, I need to start delegating some of these things because otherwise just as you get more and more successful, these tasks build up and you don't want to let anyone else do it because you think no one else is going to be able to do the things that I do. My whole business will collapse if somebody else comes in and helps me. And what ends up happening is that you will collapse um, or you won't be successful. Like one of those, one of those two, but if you are successful, which is obviously where you want to be, you've got to change. And so just, you've got to recognize the problem in order to solve it. And, and that's like, I cannot keep going at this, uh, at this rate, doing all these things. And especially, especially when they're things that can be automated or can be outsourced um, to incredibly capable people. Because um, it's just, it's once again, it's the opportunity cost here. Like, uh, do I continue writing Instagram captions um, for all of these weddings, sitting there on my phone, in my couch, getting served ads <laughs> while my, my daughter's trying to, you know, tell me, daddy, you know, why aren't you playing with me? Um, do I want to do that or do I want to let somebody else do that for whatever it is, seven, eight bucks an hour and then get on to either shooting more weddings where I'm earning thousands of dollars a day or being the present father that I was put on this earth to be? Um, I don't know, for me, that's a really straightforward question. So the opportunity cost there is, is crucial of where I want to be spending my time. Um, but it is a big leap because we get we get ourselves to this position. We become owners of these photography, videography, wedding businesses because we're so good at doing everything ourselves and working all these long hours. Um, but like I said, it, it's going to get to a point where you got to break down the change. All right, guys. So today has been absolutely phenomenal with so many golden nuggets but that i think it might be a good idea we uh we put this into two parts mate otherwise i don't think people are going to sit around for another hour hour and a half <laughs> no not at all i definitely think uh yeah today is definitely going to be a two-part series because uh yeah there's just so much goodness in this from uh, our main man rick um man what a day it's been so far and we know that uh part two is going to be equally as good and um equally as full of golden nuggets so we definitely feel like we need to uh yeah leave this one for uh next week and uh keep you guys interested and also keep you hanging along for the ride because this guy has some bloody golden nuggets coming along yeah that's it well we'll see you next week for part two bye bye <laughs>